Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. This episode of Sausage on a Fork has been sponsored by Matthew John Oakley. He's released a book called Yes, Paul. He has very kindly made donations to the Good Grief Trust to sponsor this episode. So without any further ado, here's a word from our sponsor. Yes, Paul is a collection of illustrated insights into Paul Sykes' unique life. Notorious con, heavyweight boxer, writer and educated man, including colourful cellmates, and a few folk from right on the family patch. Available now from Warcry Press, created by Matthew John Oakley. What would they say, Nick, when I start like this? Yes, Paul. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork. I hope everyone's having a, a good Christmas build-up. I'm very, very pleased to say that I've been joined for this episode by none other than George Wilson, who played... Ziggy Greaves, George, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Hello, Neil. Pleased to uh, pleased to meet you. Uh, yeah, you, likewise, likewise. Everything going okay? Every, everything's cool, yeah. Every, everything's uh, cool as Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That, that's good to know. Um, okay, George, what we'll do, we'll jump right back and we'll start right back at the beginning of your acting career. And if you can just let us know, uh, how did you get into acting? It was at school, I think, uh, got me interested in in, in first year in, right. at drama. It was the only lesson, really, that I excelled at. Uh-huh. And my, my drama teacher used to encourage me, you know, to take it further. So I did. I, I joined the Everyman right. Youth Theatre. And we used to do classes every Thursday, me and a couple of pals. And I just got... You know, it got better and better, really. It was just working class kids going there every Thursday, uh-huh. doing improvisations, putting plays on, and that just fine-tuned me for what was to come, really. Right. And did you get to work with anyone, uh, any big names or anyone that any of the listeners might know? Yeah, Andrew Schofield was always about, you know, Dave right. Scully, yeah. uh-huh. Liverpool actor. He, he was well-known. He was always he was always popping about around every man. Uh, a few other faces... Uh, Mickey Stark was always about. We played Sinbad yeah. and Brookside. Yeah, so yeah, there was always a few faces that were, you know, that you knew. Yeah. Okay. And I've got to ask this one: Is that where you met Jason Hope? Is that all you yeah, got to know well, him? Yeah, Jay was Jay was in my class at school, so we he, oh, we actually joined together. The Everyman, uh-huh. me and him went together because he was always Jay was always. I never really spoke to him in the first couple of years of school. And then all of a sudden, uh, he just come up to me in the playground because he heard I was good at drama. Uh-huh. He said, and he was good as well in his class because uh, he was in a different class for drama. And uh, yeah, he just said, look, do you, do you fancy joining the Everyman with me? All right. Uh, every, so we joined together and he got Brookside, I got Grange Hill, not around the same time, you know. Right. Okay. I just, I just point out there for anyone listening who doesn't know, Jason Old played Rod Corkill in Brookside, just, just pointing that one out there. So then... How did Grain Jill come about then? Grain Jill was literally my agent was Ricky Tomlinson at the time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he was my agent. Uh, Jason was was already in the agency, so he took me to his t- took me to his office one day and got me signed up. Uh, and anyway, I got a phone call saying there was auditions in Manchester, uh, so I just literally turned up. 
there was regard there must have been a thousand kids right. from all over the place they weren't just scousers there were mancunians there were scousers people from yorkshire uh, norwich for some reason uh, and anyway i got narrowed down from a thousand to five hundred two hundred hundred fifty all right. the way to two left uh-huh. uh, me and this other kid from norwich that's why norwich sticks in my head oh, right. and then <laughs> then the next day I had to go to Brookside to meet Phil Redmond and he had to decide which one out of two of us. Right. So I was very nerve-wracking. I was yeah. only just 15 uh, and I knew everything hinged on this decision, you know, whatever he made. Yeah. And he just he literally just spoke to me for about 10 minutes, checked me out, asked me about five questions and then he said, well, okay, George, uh, congratulations, you got the part. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So, what I've got to ask then? So, what was uh, what was Ricky Tomlinson like? What, what was it like? Ricky was cool, yeah. yeah, Rick was cool. You know, he was. Um, he's just like he is on the telly, really. Yeah. He's not. He's just himself. It's just Ricky's Ricky. Yeah. Bobby Grant. No, he's 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 just a very working class guy, and as a likes to laugh, likes a drink. You know, well, he did. I don't know whether he still does, but you know, he's just a normal guy. You know that you'd you'd see in a pub, in a bar, in a pub. You know. You know, whenever I've heard anyone talk about him, they've always said exactly the same. Uh, like yeah. One of my mates used to live in uh, the same road as him. And he said, one day, he said, there was a knock on the door and this bloke, he said, I answered the door and he said, Jim Royal was just stood there. He said, it wasn't yeah. Ricky Tomlinson. He said, it was just Jim <laughs> Royal was just stood at the door. Like, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that, it. Well, that's, that's the key to good acting when you play yourself in a role. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. all he does. Um, so then, so you got the part when you were 15. So then, so you obviously you had to move down to, to London. Did your did your family go with you? No, no, I, I went on my own. Um, right. I, I had to go on my own, really. Uh, the first month I stayed in Hackney with a family, uh-huh. but it didn't work out. I wasn't happy for various reasons, uh-huh. and I, I then stumbled. This guy who was a chaperone called Jeff. He, he heard I wasn't happy where I was, and he asked me to go back and meet his wife and his daughter. So I did, and within five minutes of being in their house, I think Bob Dylan was playing when I walked in. Right. Uh, all chilled, you know, yeah. and a nice vibe. Uh, and I, I ended up there for four years, basically. Wow, right. Well, that, I mean, that must have been really daunting for you, know, moving down there at that age, like. Yeah, it was at first. I, I mean, I was almost packing my bags, to be honest, after a month. I, I really had enough after a month. Uh-huh. I just because of where I was staying. I just wasn't happy. I was missing home. I was missing my family, um, my friends, everything. I, I was on the verge of coming home. If Jeff hadn't have approached me when he did yeah. at Marleybone Station, I, I believe I would have come home. Right. He, he actually talked me into staying and, you know, give me hope. Yeah. And I was looking at him like, an, he's not here. He's not with us anymore, sadly. Uh-huh. He passed away uh, about 15 years ago now. Right. But he, I was looking at him as like a bit of an angel in my life, you know, that right. came down. Oh, yeah. That's really nice to have someone like that, isn't it? We'd get so what was it what was it like for you joining the show? Because when you joined the group that you were with, the cohort that you were with was already had already been there for a year. It was yeah. an established, they were an established group. So how how was it joining? At first it was a little bit strange, you know, everyone no one knew me. I was a bit of an outsider. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't gel with any of the boys really for a good, good few months. Right. Uh, I didn't make any friends. 
really with with any of them at first. Uh-huh. I think the first to to come across was probably Ricky, right? Uh, Ricky Simmons. And at first, I really didn't like the guy. I'll be honest. Right. Um, <laughs> I know he won't mind me saying this. I really <laughs> did not like him. And right. I think a lot of it was jealousy. I was quite jealous of him because he was quite popular. Uh-huh. Amongst the girls in the cast, they were always hovering around him, and you know he was good looking. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a bit of jealousy, obviously at first, but then we done a scene together. I think he mentioned it in his interview where he kept laughing all the time. Right. Yeah. And that's what broke the the, the straw off the camel's back between right. us. I get you. Yeah. I just made him laugh, and I didn't mean to make him laugh, but I did. <laughs> so I was just pulling his face. That I, I knew it every time I done it, he'd crack up. And it was it was getting quite frustrating for him, really, uh, after about 20 takes. But that's when we became friends right. uh, after that. Scene. Yeah. So he was the first, really. And then John Alford became my pal. Um, and John Drummond uh-huh. uh, became very close. John, he, he virtually lived with me right. for the four years. And every weekend he was staying at Jeff's, you know. Yeah. Oh, so, no, that's... Yeah. I mean, I mean the, fact that, the fact that you were not getting on with Ricky that had nothing to do with the fact that he auditions for the part of Ziggy Greaves. <laughs> no. I, I know. You know what? I don't ever remember him telling me that. Right. I, that was the first time I heard that he'd done it. You know, and I, I, I hats off to him for, for carrying it on. Yeah. You know, for, for so long. And yeah. I think he, he you know, he, he gave up the day once he started where he yeah. thought, I can't carry it on for a couple of years, whatever. But, you know, to carry that on for the length of time he did was uh, must have been quite... Um, Hard, yeah. you know. I mean, it's to be fair to him, it, it wasn't a bad scout accent either, really. Like, you know, yeah, I've, I've heard some right. terrible ones in my time. Like, he, he was a little bit like Ringo Starr, but yeah. he got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, you've just mentioned some of your mates there, like, and obviously, like, people who follow you on, on social media and, and stuff um, will know that you're still really good friends with John Alford and, and John Drummond, like, which I, I think for me, that's quite a like a unique thing to to for you to not live close to them anymore, but yeah. still to have that really really good relationship after after thirty years. Like I I, I think that's a, a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, well, John Drummond was actually just up here a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. He stayed with me. I've, I've just I've just got a new place in West Derby, and he just come up to visit. Um, he's, he, we worked out he's visited about nine different houses I've lived in, <laughs> in Liverpool okay. it works out about nine ten yeah. but he, yeah me and John we, we you know we, we've, we kept that bonds you know yeah. regardless of wherever we've lived yeah. uh, whenever I go to London I make a point of either seeing one of them yeah um, John or jo- John Drummond or John Alford you know uh-huh. uh, it's just yeah they're just we just stay good pals it's just we just got on so well for the four years of doing yeah. it. We had such a laugh that, you know, uh, I'm the beauty of social media as well and texting each other and WhatsApp yeah. and, you know, it, it's easier now to keep in touch yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Meeting up, you know. Yeah. So, um, who did you en- really enjoy working with out the cast? Like, um, was there anyone where you thought, I've got a cast, really good else. <laughs> yeah. um, Let me th- Think. I mean, all of them, obviously, but I think if I ever had a scene with 
if I had to choose, I think Drummond, because right. you never knew. I'd say Drummond because he he was similar to me, yeah. as in we try and add little things with ad yeah. lib, and he was he was as good as me. I, I know everyone's singles me out, but yeah. he was <laughs> just as believe me, he was just as clever as as anyone doing it. But yeah. you wouldn't notice him doing it. I could pick out episodes and scenes so many that he does it, but you'd never know. Only right. I'd know half the time that he's done it because yeah. he was that clever at it. Yeah, because I know I have mentioned that a couple of times in, in, in on the podcast. Um, things where I've read that you loved ad libbing and improvising. Yeah, I mean, it was never. I'd never mean to do it. I wouldn't yeah. go into a scene right. I'm going to add this now to to trip everyone up or right. whatever. Yeah. It would just sort of come to me. At the end, normally we do it at the end of a scene because if right. you do it at the beginning, they go cut. Yeah, like, what you do, what you're saying. But yeah. if you do it at the end of the scene, they, you, you're more than likely got away with it because they just think either they wouldn't notice it or half the time it worked anyway because right. we were mainly doing sayings that we used to do at the time, you know, little slang words or yeah. sayings or throw someone's name in that we knew yeah. or silly little sayings. It was just. Between us, the lads, only we got it. Like me, Drummond yeah. and Alfred were really done it. Right. Then Mauler and Ted started, they got on that we done it. So they started to do it then. Uh-huh. They started ad-libbing silly little things. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you watch towards, especially towards the last series I was in, um, you, they definitely start getting on it as well and doing it. Yeah. So it was then between the five of us, the likes had gone, sh- he might have done the odd one, but not a lot. It was yeah. mainly down to me, Drummond, Alfred, uh, Josh, who played Mauler, and Ted, Ian. Yeah. It was those that... Yeah, I, know, I, met, I noticed there's one episode where you call someone a gang of wasters or something, and I just thought, <laughs> no one's going to know what he's on about there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, well, yeah. There used to be another word, but they never let me use it. Oh, right. When I used to work on, on a milk round. Uh, the milkman used to have a way, used to call anybody that was a waste of space or a waster or someone an idiot basically. He yeah. called them a fog, a fog inspector because right. I, I mean, it's someone who goes out and inspects fog. You know, it's got to be an idiot, hasn't <laughs> it? So we used to, I used to have that word, fog inspector, but they, they would never let me use that word. All right, because it sounded like a swear word, like. Oh, all right, I get, yeah, 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 yeah. So but Ricky used to love this saying, and I, I, I tried to get away with it a couple of times and it failed. But I did get away with it once when we were filming in Coventry. I was high up a tree. You've got to listen very carefully. And I'm surrounded by these kids trying to throw things at me to get me out the tree. Right. And very faintly, you can hear it at the very end of the scene, go away, you fog inspectors. <laughs> right, okay. So I got away with it, you know. I dined to get away with it, and I did. Oh, that, no, that's sad. That's... So that was when you were doing the Barge Trip episodes, that was, wasn't it, Coventry? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right, Barge, yeah. Yeah, yeah with Adam, uh... Adam, Adam, Adam Bell was on that one as well, wasn't he? Yeah. He spoke to him oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That, like, that, that's one that the Grangeville fans really love, is the Barge episodes. Like You just mentioned Adam there. Obviously, he, 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 he spoke when I was talking to him about the relationship that you had. With him, stuff. What was the? She makes me sound makes us sound like. Yeah, no, no, no. You know what I mean. He he, he, he did say you had a really good working relationship there, and obviously yeah, you met yeah. his, you met his dad a couple of times and stuff like. It, well, it's, what it was was his dad, uh, Tom Bell, my my nan was a big fan of his. Right. Um, 
And when she found out I was working with his son, she was like, oh, are you working with Tom Bell's son? And, you know, and all this. And I, I said, yeah, yeah. So um, that was how I, I got chatting to him about that, you know, his dad. And funny enough, I worked with his dad on a film um, oh, in Liverpool. I, I had a couple of lines in it. And do you know what? The bloody name of it's gone out of my head. But Tom Bell was in it. And we were filming at St. George's Hall. Let him have it. That was it. Let him have oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About Bentley and Craig. And I got to meet Tom and said to him, I worked with his son on Grange Hill for, for a year. And he was over the moon. He said, oh, yeah, Aaron, you know. And he, next thing, he took me under his wing on Thanks. the film set then. He was, I was sitting in his trailer with him. I was going in the pub with him. He really looked after me. Yeah. And he, I got a photograph with him on a Polaroid. Now, I absolutely got it. And I got it. He signed it to me, Nan. Uh, oh, right. To Lots of love, Tom Bell. Yeah. And I give it to me Nan, obviously, when she was alive. And she she was over the moon, you know. Yeah. She absolutely loved Tom Bell. Yeah, no, that's it. Oh, so, that, that, that's her that. Yeah. Recently, we had a long conversation. And I was telling him all about that, you know, because he didn't know. No, no, that's that's cool. So, in general, though, how did you find the relationship between the kids and the adults on the show? It was it was cool, yeah. I mean, a lot of the adults. It was like a bit like I, you know, you remember Planet of the Apes. Apparently, all the <laughs> apes stuck together, and all the chimpanzees right. stuck together <laughs> on the set. Apparently, well, this was a bit like that. All the teachers had sit together. All yeah. the extras had sit together. All the main cast had sit together. It was a little bit like that. Um, but all in all, I mean, the teachers were great. You know. Yeah. Uh, there was never any, uh, never looked down on us, you know. And Gwyneth, who played Mrs. McCluskey, yeah, uh, she, I've just had a, a new a, a relationship, should I say, again, <laughs> with her because we we met on Pointless right. a couple of years ago and we've kept in touch. We WhatsApp each other every, you know, every couple of weeks just to say hi and send yeah. pictures. And, you know, I, I have a great a friendship with her now, which I yeah. would never in a million years believe I would, you know. Yeah. Oh, and nice. Aaron. And Jeffrey Kassoon, funny enough, uh, bumped into it. He was doing a play in Liverpool about five years ago, Anthony and Cleopatra, with Kim Cattrall right. from Sex in the City. Yeah. So I went along with uh, with my partner Mel, and we met Jeffrey, and it was great to catch up with him and to catching up with him again over all all the old times. And yeah. we met Kim Cattrall as well, which she was made up my missus because she's a big fan of Sex in yeah. the City, you know. <laughs> Did she throw her Scouse accents out, Kim Cattrall? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's very, uh, quite well-spoken. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's good. You know, that's sexy. Look, yeah. Look, sexy <laughs> age, you know, she's she still got it, you know? Yeah. No, excellent. Excellent. Um, so, have you got any sort of favourite storylines or, or, or episodes of things that you were involved with? Because, let's be honest... Ziggy Greaves was he, he was your main he was your main character, wasn't he? Let's be honest. And you did <laughs> Ziggy Greaves did centered. so much, so much in, in those times. Yeah, a lot of the storyline centered around him. Um I think because he was from Liverpool as well, it, 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 it the character stood out. Yeah. I think if he would have been a cockney, it, it might not have stood out as much or been as popular. Uh-huh. I certainly believe that. But I think my favourites, to be honest, was the episode where we're running around the school looking for the intruder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the old caretaker, Mr. Griffiths, yeah. uh, George Cooper, and then we get joined by Mauler and Ted. Uh-huh. That was such a laugh, filming that late at night. 
Yeah. Going around the school, you know, and when I watch it, it makes me laugh because there's loads of ad libs in that if you watch it. Right. And uh, George you know, Co- George George Cooper as well. I mean, like that's a, that's your bona fide acting legend there as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The man, is the man was legendary. He used, he used to sit around with us and tell stories about you know about his career. Yeah. And I remember him telling us one story one day, and I was just I bamboozled because one of my favorite films was Zulu. Right. I love the film Zulu. And he told us that he could have been in the film Zulu. He actually auditioned and got the part as the, as the sergeant, Sergeant Bourne. But it would have, because it got put back to filming, it would have meant him having to go over to Africa to film it. And it would have clashed with the birth of his child. Right. So he didn't want to leave his wife yeah. on her own to have birth, give birth. So he cancelled the big part, wow. he gave it in, and it got cast to Nigel Green. So he could have been in Zulu, you know, he could have been like one of the major yeah. players in Zulu, but he chose to be with his wife, which I thought was just incredible. Especially, know, especially in those that. days, in those days as well, that, 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 that's very, very different. No, that's a, that, that, that's amazing. Like, um, yeah, he put his family before his career, you know. Yeah, um, de- definitely. I mean, I, I have to ask this as well. When you joined, I mean, obviously you were filming in, 1985, I think, when you when you first started filming. Um, 85, yeah. Yeah, Series 9 went out in 86. And from the very first day you were feuding with Imelda, there was there was all kinds of fights and stuff going on. What was yeah. it like? What was it like working with Flair? Flair was great, you know. She she was she she was always cheeky as well in real life, so she suited <laughs> that part. She wasn't as evil. She yeah. wasn't as evil, but she was cheeky, you know, she wasn't soft. And our our relationship was great, you know. It was um, we we had a we had a laugh doing that, you know. It's a shame she only lasted a couple of years, you know. I thought we yeah. could have got more out of her, you know. Yeah. To, well, I suppose if you couldn't go any further, she'd yeah. gone past the point, you know. She had to she had to leave, get expelled, you know. Yeah. Well, Flair was cool and Ruth. I, I love the pair of them. Yeah. They both just take the Mickey out and be terrible when they see <laughs> me, you know. That's yeah, that... like a bit of a play. And then, because uh, not like quite often, I'll go through people and and I'll pick things out of of, of each series that they done. But Ziggy Greaves did did everything. One of the things, one of the episodes I really like. It's just before the um. Well, it was like it's it, it's almost like a double part with uh, with Zamo uh, to just say no episode. The episode when everyone finds out about him and you were it's you and uh, and and John going around London. Um, oh yeah, I mean that yeah. must that must have been a ball as well. Like, well, funny enough, like I was talking about uh, Ricky earlier, me and Ricky bonded when um, we done that scene where he kept laughing. Uh-huh. Me and John bonded doing that episode yeah. because before that we we were kind of a little bit weary of each other. I think you know, and uh-huh. we'd had a couple of scrapes together and. Then all of a sudden, we, we had this episode together where we had to wander around London and he shows me around. And that was took us about three days, four days. Nice. I think we filmed all week, actually. I think it must have been the whole five days, maybe. So it was just me and him. So we had no yeah. one else, really, to talk to besides the adult crew. Yeah. So that's when it gave me and John a chance to yeah. get to know each other and talk about football. You know, he was an Arsenal fan. I was a Liverpool fan talk about music we had the same music it, it tastes right. so we found out so that was our chance then me and yeah. john to, to hit it off you know and get close you know yeah. that was that was me and john's time 
There's, 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 a line in that, there's a line in that episode and you say to him, do you know what? You're all right, you are. And I, and I watched it yeah. thinking, I wonder if, that's, if that was part of the script or if, or if you were just saying that to him. <laughs> no, that was that was in the, in, the, in the script. Yeah, yeah, that was in the script. That I wouldn't say that to. Him. <laughs> I, I'd never say that to him now, even. Um, but yeah, that was that was definitely me and John's chance to 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 get to know each other and get to know our interests, yeah. you know. And 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 that, I mean, never look back really after that, you know. No, it was a great that. opportunity to to get to know the fellow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you need and you need that sometimes, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, you've just said there, no, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but you said you'd had a few scrapes for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But oh. he was always, he was always like, um, how could I put it, top boy, cock right. of the rule kind yeah. of thing, you know, we said Liverpool, don't we? But, yeah, yeah he was, he was, he was, the, the, you know, the, the, the one you wouldn't mess with. Everyone was kind of a little bit frightened of him. And, yeah, me and John, we had a little tussle Right. Uh, the back of the studios. I think it was in the first week. And to be honest, I'm, I was never a great fighter. I'd always have a go, but I wasn't nowhere in his league. And he just kept knocking me down, and <laughs> I kept getting up. It was a bit like that movie Cool and Luke. We always laugh at <laughs> nowadays because I kept because I kept trying. He, he he liked it. You know, he he respected me for that, but yeah. I, I just didn't get near him. He was just too quick and fast. Yeah. And um, yeah, that happened once, one early on, yeah. And yeah. we shook hands after it, but I was still weary of him for a while. Yeah. It, it still took the London day out, you know, to yeah. to, to get known properly. Yeah, you know. Well, I, um, we we mentioned earlier about um, the Bard's trip episodes. Um, there's something in there. It, it it became apparent in that that Ziggy took quite an interest in in like nature and and wildlife and stuff. Was that your input? Because I believe you, you know, you're into like things like that as well. Like, but I was just wondering if that's if you had anything it to was, do with no, that. It was, definitely, it was definitely in the character, but uh, yeah, no, he was written that he loves birds and bird watching, and yeah. he knew every name of a bird. Whereas I, I am similar. I, I do love birds too. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an interest, hawks especially, and eagles. You know, all that kind of thing, and even yeah. garden birds. It is an interest, yeah. Or, or, there's a word for the orthopology or something. It's probably wrong that <laughs> word, but it's similar I, to that. I nearly said like orthodontist then. I thought, no, that's that's a completely yeah. different thing. You've just mentioned, uh, you mentioned before about, you know, looking for the, the Grangeville ghost and all that. And that was another thing you were involved with. But also one of the things I wanted to mention, I mentioned it in Ricky's was uh, the injury that Ziggy got in, in, in the football. Because as I say, I said in Ricky's, I've watched it a couple of times and I'm yet to see where the contact happens. <laughs> to be honest, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to watch that back. I, it's been so many years since I've watched uh, watched the, sh- the show. You know, it's yeah. got over ten years probably since I've seen any of them. So I can't quite remember. I remember that he takes me out. Yeah, um, and he's a villain of the show, and he's a villain yeah. of the episode <laughs> uh, for a while. Yeah, and I remember I saw that great goal. Yeah, oh, someone yeah. blinded. So was it you that dubbed Aguero on yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it did. Yeah. yeah. Because Aguero, so that's on yeah. uh, that that doing the rounds on Twitter. That one, there's a video of you uh, scoring. There was a few. There was a few other people did th- things as well. Um, so there's obviously. I mean, I know you'll hate me for saying this. Uh, it's up for grabs now. Gets dubbed over it as well. Oh, um, right. From from '89. There's a Vardy oh, one. The been, one. Yeah, there's a Vardy one yeah. been dubbed over it as well as there's a few like. Yeah. But I mean, I, I... hell of a finish. I've got to say on that. 
Um, it took a, it took a few takes to get. It. <laughs> I mean, John was good. John Alford was gutted because he was the footballer. He was 10 times better than me. He was a better right. fighter. He was a better footballer. <laughs> he was probably better looking. He was everything better than me. And he would have loved that part to be the footballer in that right. in, the, in the series. And he was just gutted that it was me. So, um, yeah, it took a few takes. But when I did score it, yeah, it flew in, you know. Yeah. There's no doubt about that one. You did celebrate like it was the cup final as well. I've got to say, to just you, that like... relief, I think, in, you know, <laughs> I, missed, I did the bar, I did the post, or someone had tackled me. It's just everything <laughs> go wrong went. Um, oh. So it was just relief, I think, when it when it does go in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then you got um, you got involved with conscious money making schemes as well. Um, obviously, when Ola Holloway left, you, oh, saw, yeah. you 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 and Robbie became sort of conscious sidekicks. Making yeah, all the money and yeah. all that, and there's one particular one which is babysitting. Um, oh God! Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What 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 an episode that is! Because the girl, yeah. the girl who plays Karen, I think I think yeah. she's brilliant in that. I I think yeah, she's brilliant she in that episode. She was brilliant. She I, and you know, give it a give it a due. You know, the part was like it was like the worst person that was supposed to be the worst person to go babysitting with yeah. uh, and she played that and she played it brilliantly and you know we, we both you know we both got our heads down and done it the way yeah. it was scripted and, and it worked perfect you know and she was such a lovely girl as well uh-huh. I mean I, I'd love to know what she's doing with herself now and you know and say hello because yeah. I, you know hats off to her she it wouldn't it mustn't have been a nice part to play no, because it, yeah. it, it, it is a little bit low, sort of like she's a bit like the butt of the jokes without any jokes actually being made. It's exactly, yeah, you can see what sort of a uh, character she's meant to be. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 just, I just I just think she's excellent in that episode. I think she, she, she was so good. Yeah, she was. She was really good. And, you know, there was no, um, despite what the, the comments and everything, she just done it, you know, <laughs> she didn't, she didn't moan, she didn't get embarrassed. She just done it. You know, yeah. so hats off. And then there was uh, obviously feuding with uh, you started your, your feuds with Morley as well because of what happened with Gonch and your your money making and the dating agency, and then more you know Morley took a bit of a dislike to you as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember the Western music coming over something once. There's a scene where me and John are by the bike sheds and yeah. it's like the <laughs> Clint Eastwood from the Spaghetti Western music. Yeah. I remember that. I'm looking at him. Uh, that's, <laughs> I remember that bit. Yeah, uh, and then, which was unusual for them to do that. Yeah, it was incidental music. Just didn't happen at the time, did it? Um, no, it it happened in sort of. It happened in later episodes, but at that time, it it, it didn't seem to happen. But uh, yeah, I remember that bit because there was yourselves. Uh, there's Mauler and Ted, but there's also Bronson and Griffiths. Uh, like right. uh, yeah, involved. the other yeah. ones as well. Yeah, which was which was a weird partnership. Bronson and Griffiths, I just think. Yeah. But, but, two, but two cracking actors as well. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, without doubt. Two cracking two, fellas, two, like... The standard of acting between them two, you know, is yeah. just incredible. Michael Sheard, I mean, what he was he like? so many movies. What, what he was he so like? many movies. Well, I mean, everyone hounded him over Star Wars. Yeah. Asking <laughs> him, you know, more geekier members of the cast. They'd always ask him about Star Wars, you know. And, yeah. Um, his part in Star Wars and did he meet um, what was Han Solo like you know Harrison yeah. Ford what was Luke uh, whatever you know so we get a hundred questions about but he loves <laughs> talking about it he yeah. loves talking about his career and you know and them stories I mean, he used to play poker with us as well I used uh-huh. to clean the lads out in poker 
not many people might know. But John, especially John Alfred, he used to lose all his all his wages to him. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but a great guy. I, I mean, he gave me a terrible bollocking one day, though, when right. I was late. Oh, God, yeah. I came in late for about about a half hour late, maybe. But uh-huh. I, what it was, I got a terrible name for being late, but it was a two and a half hour journey. Uh-huh. What people didn't quite understand was to get from where I was in Mitcham, I had to get to Tooton, from Tooton to King's Cross, from King's Cross to Elstree, and then walk 15 minutes. Right. So it was like two and a half hours. And if one little bit trips you up, yeah. then you're late, you know, one train's late or one bus. Yeah. So anyway, I came in late. And he gave me such, he shouted at me in front of the whole cast. And I just didn't know where to put my face. And I couldn't argue with him because I knew he was right. Right. I just had to take it on the chin and and look, you know, sheepish. Yeah. And <laughs> I, 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 not long before he died, and I'm so glad I'd done this, I somehow got his email address off somebody. Uh-huh. And I sent him an email saying, listen, Michael, uh, I just want to, I hope you're well, but I just want to say, that day when you gave me a real good lesson in, in, in timekeeping, I want to thank you. I right. said, because when I left Grange Hill, I've never been late for any job ever since, right. which is true, which is true yeah. to this day. I said, but that's because of you. Yeah. And you come back, I'm so glad to hear this, George. Um, you've really cheered me up. I'm, I'm glad I was of some use during the show. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he passed away then not long after. Oh, no, that's so a... I'm glad I got that in. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad I got that message soon before he, he passed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so then moving on to your, your sort of your last series, if you like, you were involved in a massive scene, I think, where you find Danny Kendall in the back of uh, Bronson's car. Oh, and yeah. then now <laughs> there was a memorial service for Danny yeah. Kendall. Now, I've heard a story about filming the memorial service. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you want to explain what it is? <laughs> do you know what? All it was, right, it was a simple comment I made. And it wasn't even when we were filming. But people, when we were filming it, kept thinking about what I'd said in the rehearsal of it. Right. We were rehearsing. We were rehearsing. And one of the teachers says, this is Danny's mum, Mrs. Kendall. Now, I got, I just went like that for just to talk to the few of the lads next to me and the girls. Didn't say it out loud. I just went, okay, Mrs. K. <laughs> just a silly little comment like that. Right. And everyone laughed. And so when we come to film it and she says the same line, this is Mrs. Kendall, Danny's mum, Mrs. Kendall. Everyone's just trying not to laugh because of the thinking of me saying that stupid line, you know, Mrs. <laughs> right. K. I had a habit of calling shortening people's names. Mrs. Mr. Doug, Mr. Griffiths was known as Mr. G. Yeah. Um, I think Vince's dad was called Mr. S. Yeah. It's just stupid things. And um, I just threw that in there. Hello, Mrs. K. And anyway, it was, that's all it was. It was just people it's, were having flashbacks. It's 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 a little bit apparent that there's like something's gone on just with a couple of people, like I know the likes of Drummond, you he's sort of looking round because like he doesn't want to. As the camera's panning across, you see him sort of turn away. And I don't know if he's, like, laughing at that. Yeah, but, uh... yeah, yeah. But I don't think I said it on the day. Right. I wouldn't have done that, you know, because it was a serious scene. Yeah. It was only said in the rehearsal, you know, when <laughs> right. the, when you can do what you want, really. Yeah. Um, and it's such a daunting scene anyway. It's yeah. just lighting up a bit, you know. It's yeah. just to lighten things up. That's the only reason I used to do things <laughs> like that. It's just to 
you know, if it's something that's dull or sad, I try yeah. and make it a bit, you know, yeah. so it's not as sad. Yeah, just a little bit later after that, there was the Isle of White episodes as oh, well. Yeah. So you went there. I love so... the Isle of Wight. I love that. Yeah, they were 10 days and it was beautiful sunshine. I remember that. It was so hot. Uh, the, it was like we had the perfect weather uh-huh. and it was just great. I, you know, the whole the cast that were there, we, we all got on so well. And we had such a laugh in the nighttime after work. You know, we'd go clubbing yeah. it in the in the clubs in the Isle of Wight and the little bars sitting outside overlooking. You, you the, must have been about nine, you must have been about nineteen or nineteen, 18, twenty, then. Like. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen. I was right. in the prime then. Eighteen. <laughs> in the prime. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, was, I mean, it must have been a ball. Like um... it was that was probably the best ten days for me. I'd right. say. You know, you ask what your favourite memories. I'd say them ten days on that Isle of Wight for me were the, were, the, were like top notch. So did, did did Drummond have to do much acting when he was bevied? Like did he did he? Uh... Oh, poor Drummond. <laughs> oh, I felt so sorry for Drummond doing that because it was so cold that water. Yeah, it was like proper in that sea for all day. You know, treading yeah. water. Right. And I mean, I I would have hated to have done that. I, I, I fear sharks anyway. And apparently, there was a great white spotted in the Isle of Wight once. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And I told him that before he went in. <laughs> I mean, for, for anyone that's listening that that doesn't know, um, there's a there's a scene there where uh, John Drummond, who plays Trevor, gets drunk, um, and he ends up when when they've tried to hide him from the teachers, he ends up getting washed out to sea, um, and getting rescued by uh, by the lifeboat. Like so, yeah, that must have been a, a bit of a nightmare for him filming that. Like, yeah, it, it was hard for him, but God, give him his due. You know, I mean, he he done that. Um, you know, he had his clothes on. He had something underneath to keep him warm, but uh-huh. it was still. I know he was cold because I remember he coming back. He was like shivering. He was like he had dead heaters on him for about four hours afterwards. <laughs> he was that cold, you know. I mean, it was the, it was uh, the genuine lifeboat crew, wasn't it? That were yeah, they got the proper, yeah, it was real McCoy. They had the proper lifeboat guys. They were real lifeboat people, uh, whoever people, you know, volunteers. Yeah. Because they're all normal people, like state agents, aren't they? And yeah. uh, flower sellers, whatever, you know. They, they're just yeah. real people going out, doing uh-huh. it. And they got them all, yeah. Yeah. So so then after, like, um, after after your, after your four years, oh, no, sorry, before I got into that, Ziggy never really had sort of a, a girlfriend as such. I know we talked a bit earlier on about, uh, about the babysitting with Karen, who really oh, wanted yeah. to really wanted to be Ziggy's girlfriend, um, yeah. and then obviously there was the prom, um, and it was the first time I'd ever heard of what a prom was. They were always just school discos. Uh, I know, schools, like, I know, it's mad now. That's what that's all you hear about proms now, isn't yeah. it? Well, and then uh, and Ziggy gets Ziggy finally gets together with Georgina. What was Samantha Lewis like? Yeah, she was she was lovely, Sam. Yeah, she's re- yeah. really nice girl, really attractive as well, and uh-huh. nice, easy going, quite quiet, not loud in any way. Yeah. Whereas like the roof and flare were loud and boisterous. Uh-huh. You know, you'd know when they walked in a room. But Sam was quite <laughs> quiet, right. not like them in a way. You know, she yeah. was quite refined, more refined. I found. I always thought, if anything, Ziggy should have his character. This is gone with Ruth uh, Helen right. because. He seemed to have more in common with her. Yeah. He was talking football with her in the yeah. chippy that and them episodes, which I loved doing with yeah. Ruth. She was great to work with Ruth. And he just seemed to gel more with her and but they put him with Georgina, you know. Right. Yeah. I always thought Helen would have been a better match for him uh-huh. because of things in common, you know. Yeah. And then 
So then that 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 come on. And then that signaled the end of your time on Grange Hill. Um and it was a bit little bit strange in a way because you were actually given a send-off, which not a lot of characters got. Um and all yeah. like the, the likes of Mrs. McCluskey did and, and Bronson got one in the same episode as yourself. Yeah. But I just thought it was nice that you got that. That, yeah, yeah. that that little bit of a send-off that as I say, not a lot yeah, of characters. Bar, get yeah. The yeah. Arsenal scarf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, was was going back ever discussed? Going back for the sixth form, was that ever discussed or yeah. I right. could have done the sixth form and I look back and I think, what an idiot. I should have done it. <laughs> right. But I decided not to. I just I just wanted I'd done four years. I just felt I wanted to come home. I was getting home six towards the end. Right. I thought I want to go home now and leave while I'm on top. I didn't uh-huh. think the sixth form would have worked for me. Right. You know, it was a mixture of a few things, but mainly I wanted to come home. I just felt I'd done my time. You know, I'd done my four years. And if you have, you have expectations at that age, at 18, in my prime, as I say, I, I, I thought I was going to come home, get into something else quick, but it didn't take, it took seven years till it did, Brookside. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But for seven years, I was I was kind of in the wilderness a little bit. But I thought I'd got to walk into movies and this and that and be a big star. You know, it was just, I was all a bit disillusioned. Uh-huh. Right. You know. Okay, so. But you can't tell your future, you know, you don't know yeah. what, you just don't know, do you? I took no. the risk and it didn't pay off. No, I mean, sometimes though, you just take that, you just think what's right for you at that time, don't you? As well. Yeah. You know. That's it. That's it. That's okay. So, so just before we, we move on from Grange Hill, you were in Grange Hill when a lot of people say it was at its peak. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'd say that. Yeah, and I'd, the, I'd agree with that. There was, there was the just say no, and all that came out. Yeah. Now, um, you're you feature in the video quite a bit in, in a lot of the disco scenes, but the recording, yeah. the singing, the recording, you're you're not there at all. No, no, no. <laughs> no you want to, uh, can, you, can you can you explain why you why you're not on that on that bit? Yeah, I, I can't explain. Um, Liverpool played Everton in the derby <laughs> the day they were recording. <laughs> so I took ill that day. All right, okay. <laughs> I was sick that day, funny enough. And <laughs> um, I missed the recording. Right. But I said to them, when you do the video, I'll definitely, because I was, I was at home. It was when I was, because we, we had four month breaks. So they were doing the, vid- the recording and the video whilst I was home. But I said, look, I'll definitely make the video because it didn't clash with any derbies, you know. <laughs> so I made the video. Yeah. And, but it's Ricky Simmons actually singing. I'm at, I'm at Libin, um, miming to him. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Him, that's his voice, but me miming to it. Because there's a big close-up of you singing, isn't there? Yeah, on, on that yeah, bit. There's a stupid hat, stupid <laughs> silby hat, which I found on the set. And for a laugh, I put it on. Not knowing it was going to go to number five <laughs> and be still all over the world and on YouTube for years to come, wearing this movie. <laughs> you know, I just decided to put it on and take it off for a joke. And then, anyway, it backfired, obviously, because it, you know, I didn't expect it to do as well as it did. Yeah. And then, I hope you don't mind me uh, mentioning this. So, you weren't on the any of the singing for, for Just Say No. However, and I don't know if uh, people listening to this might not know this, there was a follow up single. To just say no. Oh, uh, God, it was so bad. It was so bad. I don't even know how we how we got away with getting uh, wherever it got. I don't um, think it got anywhere. To be honest. It's called. I think no, it, anyone who doesn't know, it's called. It's called. Uh, you know the teacher, um, and George 
aka Ziggy, actually takes lead vocals on, oh, yeah. <laughs> on the record. That's possibly the lowest, lowest point of my career. <laughs> it's, it's not even worth talking about. It's so bad, the song, it's, the, it's, my it's, singing, everything. It's, it's the, the music is, is probably the most 80s music I've ever heard, to be honest. It's, it's, it's all it's synthesizers and, and drum machines and all to, kinds. He tried to cash in, you see, on the, on the Just Say No, which yeah. worked. Just Say No worked. Everyone got it. Yeah, great. <laughs> But then he tried to cash in with the album, and it wasn't just my song that was horrendous. There was a few others, pretty debatable, you know. Yeah. Uh, if some people like it, then great. But if, you know, it was it was no dark side of the moon, was it? <laughs> so there was yourself you know I mean? and uh, uh, John McMahon, who obviously you played Gunch, basically talking oh. about talking about Mr. Bronson. Yeah, uh, I mean it was a great laugh doing it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. We came and shot that in Liverpool. Oh, in right. the Holt oh, right, yeah. Girls School. It was in the Holt Girls School. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we had a great time filming it, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> that, that's the only mem- fond memory I've got. Um, <laughs> and everyone come up to Liverpool for it. Right. Flair, Ruth, Sam, uh, John, me. So we all went to State. Then after oh, we were right. filming that, I took yeah. them to State. Okay. Uh, well, no, me and Ruth. I took Ruth to the State. She come with me. Um, uh-huh. Ruth played Helen. And, we had, yeah, we had a good night in the State. Yeah, yeah. I was when it was the old state, not the state. The ra- when it was because it turned into like the rave club, didn't it? Yeah. This is when it was the old, the old state, right? You know when it was all punks and uh-huh. you know like strange people everywhere. Slightly just before my time, that one only a few years, like. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I know exactly where you mean there. So then, so yeah, so eighty episodes later, Grange Hill. Um, it's it, it's time to leave. Like, um. What 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 you do then? That was the thing. It was it was difficult when I first left. I it took a a long time to break through again, which was right. in '96 uh-huh. in Brookside. But for many years, I just did normal jobs, normal uh, jobs, which is detested. Right. You know, just to to, to pay, you know, the me, me way in life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I have to do it because you you mentioned earlier you were in Let Him Have It. Mm. The, the I, had, I had straps, you know, yeah. I call it straps, you know, I had little lines here and there and different things and, um, you know, but nothing, there was nothing major, you know. Uh-huh. So then how did Brookside come about then? Brookside was, um, well, I'd done it in 91. I did have, a, have a few, I'd done a few episodes in 91 uh-huh. and then that was it. It was written out. It just like didn't appear again then until 96. Right. And it took, it was to come back as a heroin addict. Uh-huh. So again, I'll have to already playing them six years earlier, which I found strange yeah. because you know. Anyway, I had to re-audition, and all right, uh, they told me it was to play a heroin addict. You know, so I knew it was going to be difficult, but I, you know, I, I done it, and I, I loved doing it. Yeah, I must admit, it was, it was it was as sad as the part was. It was. It really gave me something to to get my teeth into and to really uh-huh. show what I could do. Uh-huh. And in regards to acting, you know, yeah. I had to do scenes where I was crying and there were real tears as well. I didn't get the fake ones, you know. Right. Yeah. I had to do scenes where I'm cold turkey and you know where I'm off my head, drugged up, um, and then eventually die in the, in it, you know. Yeah. Did you have to do much research for that? Like. Hmm. I done a little bit, yeah. I done, I done, I done, done a fair bit, you know. Um, 
I watched Chain Spotting over and over. <laughs> um, I spent I spent a week with the Happy Mondays. <laughs> right. Um, so there's a few characters lurking around them, you know, but yeah. give me a few tips. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, there was a lot of it was just was just instinct, you know. I just I just put myself into that person, and and, and I, I do I, I reflected back on a lot of sad things that have happened in my life and bad things and uh-huh. stressful things. And I used that. I used all the horror and all the sadness into that part. And that's why uh, I got away with it, I think, because yeah. I, I, I used a lot of my own uh, history. Yeah. And, and what, what was it like working on Brookside? I, I loved it. I mean, I, I was only on it for about four or five months, maybe, if that. And... Yeah, it was great. I mean, I knew I was going to die. Yeah. You know, I, I asked in the end, in the beginning, I said, how's it end? And he said, well, you're going to get killed, you die. And it was there, there was a reason for that. Because if you look at Grain Jill and you look at Zamo, yeah. you look at how he goes on heroin and it's bad, yeah. but then he overcomes it yeah. and he gets better and he lives his life then. Uh-huh. But, so it shows that. But with my character, Little Jimmy, they wanted to show that, yeah, you can go on it and get involved, deep involved, like he was with drug dealers uh-huh. and own money, and it can end bad. And that's yeah. why they wanted to show that, you know, that you can't always get away with it and live your life. Yeah. You can end up, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. It's like a uh, lesson. It was like a lesson, say, you know? It yeah. It's a lesson in, in, in that this is what can happen if you dabble with it. I mean, that, that and that, that was the thing, I think, with, with Brookside, Brookside, like, it went to really dark places, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? There was always there was always like funny time, like and stuff. But I think Brookside was known for going like breaking boundaries and stuff like that, breaking barriers, barriers, should I say? Um, and, yeah. And 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 doing that, those kinds of stories. Yeah, they weren't afraid to to be controversial, you know, and yeah. and show things the way they were. Yeah. As opposed to like beating, you know, willy nilly about it. They just yeah. go for the jugular. Uh, and it and it that's why it was so hard hitting. Definitely, definitely. Now, you've just mentioned there about the Happy Mondays. Um, I don't hmm. know if a lot of people know this, but um, <laughs> you're actually in one of their videos, aren't you? Um, yeah. or, or is it the, or is Black Grape? Is it was it the, the round of Black Grape time? Wasn't it? it was yeah. the um... Black Grape? It was England's Irie. Yeah, uh, it would have been a big a bigger a bigger hit. It's just that it, this was the week I had with them. Funny enough. It was in '96, just before the Dunbrookie, right. and it was it was to go with the World Cup that year. But uh-huh. because Free Lions come out, yeah. I think at the same time. Yeah, that so that was your old '96, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euro '96, yeah. that's it. So because that come out, that overshadowed Black Grapes version, right. their, their one. Yeah. So it didn't do as good. Um, uh-huh. If that hadn't come out, then that would have been the number one yeah. England song, you know. So I lost out there again. Again, the devil vomited in my kettle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's quite straight because I read somewhere that you were in it, and I thought, no, he's not. And then, then you're there, all dancing all around the back. Um, yeah, I'm dancing next to Bez. Yeah. Bez is dancing with like a orange curly wig, <laughs> and that was a, that was a good buzz dancing next to him, you know, because I loved the Happy Mondays and I loved Bez dancing. I loved. I always thought he was cool as yeah. cool as hell, you know, dancing. Yeah. So it was a great, it was a great, um, great feeling dancing uh, next to him. You can, know. Can I ask, how did that happen? How did you end up there with them? It was because of John Alfred. 
John right. Alfred was at doing Top of the Pops at the time. Uh-huh. And I went missing. I said to John, I'm going to go for a little wander because he was getting dressed and all that. And I didn't want to be looking at him getting dressed. <laughs> so I went wandering around the corridors, which I used to do in life quite regularly, you know, go wandering <laughs> off. And um, I was just walking past the Black Great dressing room and the door was open and Sean Ryder recognised me. He went, I don't want to swear, like, but what he said is, fucking hell, man, fucking hell, it's fucking scouts off Grange Hill, man. Fucking hell, come in, come in. And I was like... I was like, oh, bloody hell, is he? You know, this is Sean Ryder, there's Bears, there's yeah. the rest of the band. I was like overwhelmed a little bit. And he just said, sit down, man, sit down. And then just got chatting to them. And next thing, we had a day, like a few hours. And he said, look, we're going back to Manchester on the tour bus. He said, do you want to come back and spend a few days in Manchester with us? So I said, yeah, yeah, why not? So John <laughs> didn't know where the hell had gone. <laughs> John was looking for me after he'd done his top of the pop stint. Yeah. And I, I was on a bus halfway to Manchester with them. <laughs> I just, just got off, you know, and left them. Um, oh. And I had a week with them. And and um, I went back to London again because I was doing these dangerous acting classes. Right. They were called in London. That's why I was around London in London at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, because I was preparing for Brookside with these uh-huh. classes called dangerous acting. Right. And this guy, he was taking it over the edge in these classes oh, like so it, I was kind yeah. of fine-tuned for the part you know uh-huh. oh no that's uh, that, that's hard and you've just mentioned there about uh, being with John Alford because you were also in his music video as well yeah, weren't yeah, you yeah. for uh, Smoke Gets In Their Eyes Smoke Gets In, the, in Your Eyes I think that was it yeah yeah I was in the bath in the, at the end laying <laughs> yeah. in the bath um, yeah. and then I've done a bit of a John Lennon out of Norwegian wood because he's one of the linemen <laughs> I crawled off to sleep in the bath. Yeah. So I said, wouldn't it be funny, John? At the end of the video, I'm laying in your bath. Because <laughs> he has yeah. a party and then that's what done. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, John's done. John's great. If he, if he, when he's doing well, he looks after you, you know, and yeah. likewise, when I'm doing well, I look after him. It's just a thing we have with each other. Uh-huh. You know, whether it be money or or putting each other in, in what we're doing, we, we can try and help each other, you know? Yeah. So... So you, so there's all that, and obviously you've 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 mentioned a few of the you know you got you got some acting jobs and stuff like that. You were also part of Bring Back Rangel with the uh, Justin Lee Collins. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, what, that was a, what was that reunion, like? Yeah. yeah, that was all right. That was okay. I mean, it's a bit of a circus, you know, yeah. getting us all on stage to sing "Just Say No" again. <laughs> uh, it was like, and he, I remember he ran up to me at Houston Station. Which I wasn't expecting. Right. Um, I was going to ask you that if you were expecting that at all. Like, I, well, I had a little inkling something was going to happen, but I didn't know what. Right. Because Flair texted me and said that they'd run into her estate agents. Oh, um, nice. Didn't want to get involved. She uh-huh. said, "No, no, the door on them." Yeah. So I kind of thought, right, I best expect worst here. And then when I got to Houston, they were all run, they all run at, run, at, run at me, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all a bit surreal. But he was all right, you know, Justin Lee Collins. We were just talking about football. That's all I remember with him. Right. When I met him afterwards, after we'd we done the bit in the station, we just sat, I think he was a Bristol City fan. Right. Uh, and we were just talking about football for, for for ages, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I'm shit Bristol, you know. <laughs> Weird at the time, I think. <laughs> Apologies to I any Bristol fans who were listening there. So you mentioned there about um, Flair having an estate agent, and obviously you've done stuff like that yourself, haven't you, as well? Like, you know, yeah, we were talking yeah. earlier on about jobs and stuff. 
Yeah, I worked in the States. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, I worked in one for about four years. Right. Yeah. houses. So I'm always good at selling. I've, all, I've, done, I've worked on markets. I've, you know, after all the, the Del Boy years. Yeah. So selling houses was like a step up for me. Right. So it's great, you know, I, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. And so what, what do you do now? I work in a psychiatric hospital now. Right. Okay. Uh, um, I'm a support worker for the NHS, uh-huh. and basically, it's, I've been through stuff myself. You know, it's, uh-huh. I think that there's no one that doesn't know that anymore um, after writing that book. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of I like to get them when the young now young lads come in yeah. uh, with problems. Uh, I can talk to them, I can help them on a level, but they appreciate because they know yeah. I've been through it. I actually yeah. say to them, "Look, where you're sitting now, I've sat myself." Right. So. It's great to be able to do that uh-huh. and, and, and help them, you know, in their recovery. Yeah. So um, without dwelling on it too much, George, writing the book, um, obviously you've just mentioned there you've had your problems and stuff like that. How much did that help you in, in your own sort of battles there? Well, what it was with the book, there was a few reasons I wrote it. One was to get it all out because I hadn't spoke about it for so many years to uh-huh. anyone. Um what I'd been through. So it was a good way of getting it all out, even though it was very hard towards about halfway when I started going into what happened and the different stories that go with that. Uh-huh. That was really hard. And even had to take two weeks out to, right. to not do it anymore. Uh-huh. And then went back to it. And I did finish it, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, I've done it for the, to get it all out. Um, I also done it to warn people of don't go down the road I've gone down, you know, there, yeah. there is other ways, you know, don't necessarily go take take my route. So that was a warning. It was a warning as well for people. Uh-huh. Uh, and obviously for, for, for money as well, you know, to get a few yeah. quid. Right. Okay. Uh, so it on Amazon. But I never expected to sell it. I mean, I wrote it and I sent it out to various publishers and a few came back wanting to take it. And, nice. you know, I just went with the one I thought, my instinct. Yeah, I took it. I took it. Yeah. Oh no, that that's a sound like. So we're we're almost at the end of the interview, and I, I always ask the same few questions towards the end, okay. and they're all, always related to Grangeil. So other than Ziggy Greaves, and it's not necessarily who you want to play, who is your favourite character on Grangeil? Trucker. Right. Yeah. Always Trucker. If I yeah, if I, he was like my idol as a kid. Well, I must right. have been about eight, nine when he come on the screens. Uh-huh. And I just looked up to him. I just thought he was great. And I eventually met him in about 96, again right. with John. Me and John. John was doing his London uh, Top of the Pops again. And we played pool. And he was just such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I really got on with him. We got on like a house on fire. And I was so glad he was yeah. what I, I imagined him to be, you know? Yeah. Oh, that 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 sound and um, so th- this question will probably be exactly the same answer. Which other character would you have liked to have played if you couldn't if you couldn't have played Ziggy Greaves? It, it'd be um, it would have to be Tucker, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other character I'd say it, that stood out and he was the nastiest character in it was Gripper. I mean, Gripper right. character, yeah, was just horrendous. But to play him, you would have to be really thick-skinned because yeah. the guy who played him, Mark Savage, uh-huh. 
he's got a lot of hassle for playing that part. So a lot, I've got a lot of respect for Mark. I imagine, yeah. Because he got more stick. I got, we all got stick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he would have got more than anyone for yeah. that character, playing a racist character. He would have uh-huh. got it 10 times worse than I got, uh-huh. or John, or any of the lads. Yeah. So what was the public reaction like to Ziggy Greaves? It was great, to be honest. I mean, wherever I went, nine out of ten would shake my hand uh, and be respectful. And girls, obviously, um, were, were you know were were, were, were great. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, you know, okay, yeah. yeah. We we'll leave so that there if you want. <laughs> you know, yeah. women loved him. Um, because he was, he was similar to Tucker because he was easygoing, he was funny, he was likable, he was you know cheeky, uh-huh. same all the same attributes to Tucker. Right. So I had all that in public. They knew I wasn't like if I would have been like Ripper, my character, I, I would have just got hell. I just know it, you yeah. know, because people believe what they see on the telly. A lot of people yeah. they think that they like, and because I played a likable character, it was a lot easier for me. But uh-huh. there still was one percent of 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 nutters that yeah. you've got to deal with uh-huh. every so often, and I still get it to this day. Now and then, I'll be in a pub, and someone will make a comment or a concert, and someone might say something. Do you know, it's you've always got to have that little um, eyes in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. Sound okay. So then, it's the the fact- same, it's just the way it is. You know, it's yeah. not just me. I know yeah. anyone in the public eye kind of has to do with it, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So then, my very last question then for you, George, is uh, it's the same one I ask everyone. Why do you think then there's still such affection for Grangeil? I think because at, at the time, there was, you know, you had the four channels and it was kids could go home, watch it, and relate to every character. Every uh-huh. character in that show, you could you could relate to it. You know, even when I watched it, I related to Tucker uh-huh. because he was the most like me, I suppose. Um, then you, you'd get another character who might relate to Trev, you know, a big ginger kid uh, who gets drunk. Someone could relate <laughs> to that. You know, there was, there was yeah. the Gons, the moneymakers, they'd relate to them. Yeah. You know, the Gons, the Hollows, every character. Every, there was a, the characters like that in every school. Now, I think that's one of the main reasons why everyone loved it because they could relate to it. Uh-huh. Um, and it also it warmed kids up before they went to senior yeah. school as well, thinking this is what it's going to be like, you yeah. know, give them a wink, a bit of a, a bird's eye view of what was to come as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of them shows. It's, I don't, you won't get it again. You wouldn't get away with it now. No, it was just, no, you wouldn't. At the time, he got away with everything because, I mean, they did have, um, there was, I know there was some things you had to fight to get in. Right. Uh, even at the time, I remember hearing Ron Smedley telling me. Uh-huh. Um, I think the producer, he said we had to fight to get that in and this in. You know, so they, it, they didn't have it easy all the time. There was, yeah. there was times when they had to, you know, push put the boundaries. Yeah. And I think everyone who's a Grangeville fan is so glad that they did fight and push for it. Because as you say, you know, they could relate to it. And it was... All right, some stories were a little bit far-fetched, but it was real, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, uh... well, they, used to be, uh, they used to see, with a lot of the storylines, they'd go into schools, uh-huh. like with Melvin and the girls, bullying. 
uh, that gang of girls. Apparently, when they went done the research before that series, they found out that there was girl gangs going around in schools, bullying lads and girls. Right. So that's why they put that in. Right. The story where I climb up the building, the highest point of the school, that happened in a school. Right. Uh, someone had climbed up to the top, and a lot of things had happened, you know, and they were just yeah. putting it into the show to show you this goes yeah. on. Oh, that, and the, the racist, the gripper, I mean, that that really pushed the boundaries, but it showed that this, look, this goes on in yeah. schools. There yeah. is characters like this that exist. You know, don't push it under the carpet. There is racism in schools, and this is how it is. Uh-huh. And it showed it for what it was. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. George, it's been amazing talking to you about your time on the show I've had so many people who've like sent me messages and stuff saying when are you getting Ziggy on when are you getting Ziggy on so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so it's glad understandable. That... it's understandable understandable <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad so glad that, that I've been able to speak to you obviously I'll just throw an apology out to anyone listening just in case we got two scouts in the middle of that like and, and, and you found any of it difficult to understand so just apologies there like but no, it, 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 it's, been, it's been brilliant talking to you. And for anyone that is listening, have a fantastic Christmas and I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thanks very much.